Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Auburn losing two transfers yesterday could be a positive for this defense. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you mm. so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a war report Wednesday. It's been a while since we've had one. We're joined by Mike G of the war report. And we got some news yesterday, Mike mm. G Auburn linebacker, Cam Riley and Auburn defensive back Donovan Kaufman, both entered the portal. They were able to do that after this window, because when you're a grad transfer, you can enter the portal whenever you want. Mike G my initial new, uh, my initial feeling when I saw the news of Donovan Kaufman entering the portal, we'll get to Cam Riley and what that means in a second. But when Donovan Kaufman entered the portal, I wish Donovan Kaufman nothing but the best, but my brain instantly went to it. And I know it sh probably should have gone to the transfer, you know, Thompson, Jaron Thompson or picked up earlier in the week from Texas, but my brain went to one player and that is Sylvester Smith. I'm incredibly high on this safety, this underclassman. We saw him a little bit in the bowl game, and I just think the sky's the limit for this kid. And I think he is going to be one of the players that wins the off season. And his path to playing time got a little bit clearer. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, uh, the little bit that we did get to see in the bowl game show some promise. You know, look, Zach, you lose Donovan Kaufman. And, you know, what did you lose there? Well, you lost 37 tackles, one sack, uh, you know, an interception, you know, a couple forced fumbles. Uh, and uh, you, I think yeah, you lost a solid depth piece. Yeah, right. Uh, you lost some experience there. Yeah. Um, and at some point, you're going to have to rely on talented but young, inexperienced to move your team forward. Yes. So, Mr. Smith, like you said, I like him uh, in that role. I think this is a guy who, you know, you know how like Ken Lee kind of came out of, out of, you know, like he came yeah. from where he was and he just emerged as a guy that looks like he's the future at that position. I like Sylvester Smith, man. I think that he can, he can fill some holes um, and, and still has a huge upside still to go. Like, I mean, he's still raw talent. That's, that's, that's pretty underdeveloped at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And he was in the two deep this past mm -hmm. off season, but the starters were so good in Auburn's defensive backfield. Like you don't want to take him off the field. Something you said that I really liked, like at some point we're going to have to play these talented underclassmen that Hugh Freeze, yeah. like, you know, the staff flipped so many guys. We were so excited at some point and ideally not all at once, but at some point, some of these inexperienced guys, we got to get them experience. And I think yeah. Sylvester Smith is kind of the first wave of this. Them adding Jaron Thompson, the, the, the transfer safety from Texas. Like, I think that makes sense, but at some point, these guys are going to have to be a nice combination of guys with experience, which is what they got via the portal. Yep. And then these guys that are coming up and you've got a nice mixture in the defensive backfield now with that, with Kay and Lee getting a mm -hmm. ton of reps. You've got Keontae Scott back there. Um, you know, you lose Jalen Simpson, you lose Zion Puckett, but 
I just think Sylvester Smith is the next guy. And I think Donovan Kaufman leaving makes that clearer for Sylvester Smith. And I'm, I've predicted it a few times on the show. I'm doing it again in front of you now, Mike G. Okay, all right. Sylvester Smith will be the winner of the offseason on the Auburn roster. Okay, well, look, um, the guy that's vacating the spot in Donovan Kaufman did not feel valued uh, within the program, Zach. Uh, he saw his time, his playing time dwindle. Uh, yeah, and by his own words, when I talked to him, he was not really given any explanation as to why, right? You and I talked about this before we started recording. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze, this team has to take on Hugh Freeze's identity. Uh, he inherited some players, and I just feel like to see true Hugh Freeze ball, whether it's offense or defense, it's going to be the guys that that he that he believes in, that he values, that he's formed relationships with. Um, so this is feels a little bit like out with the old, in with the new kind of thing. I mean, it here. has to happen at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it, it has to happen to. at some point, right? And, and, and Donovan, I want to be clear, is a great guy, awesome teammate. Yeah. Heard nothing but great things about you know how he carried himself. Great representative of the Auburn football program. Uh, it's just time to move on at this point, and, and, and Sylvester Smith is the future. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, and Donovan Kaufman, he's come on this show. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's come on shows with you yeah. as well, Mike G. Every time I've talked to Donovan, he's been extremely respectful. I mean, he played. He played a decent amount last year. I mean, only when you look at defensive backs that played in the middle of the field, he was fourth behind Jalen Simpson and mm -hmm. Zion Puckett, which those two guys are gone. And then Keontae Scott played about a hundred more snaps than him. Yeah. But you know, and he's moving to corner supposedly. So kind of like wonder, like it was his path to playing time there or did he just feel more? Did he feel like the future, or at least the 2024 safeties were more likely to be Jaron Thompson and then Laquan Robinson, the top Juco product that's coming in? Like, did he feel like that was the focus? I wonder, or, um, or I don't know, because I mean, the snaps, the opportunity for snaps were in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. You know, did did he feel like the, you know, the future was these guys, you brought up Jaron Thompson, the guys that's coming in from Texas, for those of you listening uh, here, uh, if you haven't heard the name, he was a recent uh, portal commit. Uh, I have some questions, Zach, about the direction of this defense. Now, now Auburn has not hired a defensive coordinator to replace Ron Roberts yet, as we're recording right now. Right. Um, but, you know, what kind of do, do do, what kind of guys are going to fit the type of defenses they're going to play moving forward, right? Like, you know, do you have the tools? It, it, you know, it, it just feels to me like they're revamping this roster a little bit. And, you know, defensively, they were a strength last year for Auburn. So They'll be a strength next year, too. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're going to have to be, uh, yeah. you know, if they're going to find any success in 2024. So, you know, what direction? Ah, sure, we know the answer to that question just yet, but it'll be something that will be sorted out this spring. You got to get a defensive coordinator hired, and then you got to figure out what that guy's vision is for these guys that they're bringing. Yeah, and how do these? How does the new defensive coordinator use these defensive backs? Do they yep. like their nickel? Does it? Do they like it to be more of a slot corner mm -hmm. or more of an extra safety? Ron Roberts kind of went with that extra safety route. Yep. I think when you have Keontae, you could do whatever you want with them, but. They, they want to slot him outside. So we'll see if that actually happens. But, um, you know, do they do they like to bump and run on the outside with their defensive backs, which I think yeah. Auburn has the dudes to do that? I don't know. I don't know. But there's a bunch of different ways you can use defensive backs. And I think there's a lot of versatility in this room 
where you should have a lot of tools to work with whoever is coming in to be Auburn's next defensive coordinator. But all in all, Donovan Kaufman, we wish you nothing but the best. I hope he's able to enroll somewhere quickly so he can go through spring at his new school. I guess it'd be his Uh, third school. Yeah, I I have a little bit of information on that as well, too. Uh, Donovan plans to sit out the spring and work out um, and then find a home. He's not in a rush uh, and then find a home after the spring. So. Uh, he will be uh, rehoming himself after the spring here, but he's gonna he's gonna stay in great shape and then try to find a home this, okay. this summer. There you go, there you go. So um, he's got plenty of time to figure things out. Good for him. Good for him, and good luck to him in his third and final school. All right, Cam Riley, the Auburn or former Auburn mm. linebacker, entered the portal. We will talk about what that means for this roster in just a moment. Right here, unlocked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you. By our friends at LinkedIn Jobs, it's the new year and every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's one move I can do to level up my small business in 2024? Well, LinkedIn can help you with several aspects of that. One, they can give you more time to help find qualified people to help grow your small business. Two, the people that they will refer to you and get your job listing in front of can help grow your business. And look, it's it's time consuming. It's time consuming to look for good people in LinkedIn. It's not just another job board. They've got a vast network of more than a billion, billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That is linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Apply. Mike G of the War Report on this War Report Wednesday. Cam Riley, the former Auburn linebacker, mm. entering the portal. And to me, I think you can make a similar argument that we just made with Donovan Kaufman leaving as far as, okay, out with the guys that were here pre-Hugh Freeze and with these new wave of talented players mm-hmm. that are coming in. And Cam Riley's a guy who had all the physical tools, and it sounded like he could potentially be a guy that would be used in pass rushing situations and a depth piece. Guess that wasn't the case, and I guess that's not something he wanted to do or he wouldn't have entered the portal. So uh, to me, I think it kind of opens up this wave of, okay, could we see some DeMarcus Riddick? Mm. in 2024 in a larger role. Could we see a DJ Barber as a true freshman in a larger role than we previously expected? Or a Joseph Phillips, if he chooses to play that off-ball linebacker, if that's how Auburn's going to use him. I think it opens the door a little bit because we saw Auburn use a lot of linebackers last year. And of course, it's going to be a different defensive coordinator. The linebackers coach is probably going to be the same. Mm -hmm. But... I would imagine in no particular order, I'll go in order. I will go in order. Your top three linebackers that are going to, you're probably going to play mostly two, but I think you're going to rotate these top three. It's kind of what we saw them do last year. Eugene Asante, Dorian Mayusi, the transfer linebacker from Duke, 
and Austin Keys. I think those are going to be your top three. And I think it's in that order if I had to guess right now. And then after that, I think it's Demarcus Riddick, Mike mm. G. And so Cam Riley could have felt that. I mean, no, we heard nothing but how impressive Demarcus Riddick was in the bowl practices. Yeah. Could that be part of it? I don't know, Mike. I don't know, but it would make sense if that was the way that it was going down. Uh, well, what are you losing, Cam Riley? Again, 31 tackles, two and a half sacks. Uh, you, you lose experience and depth. So similarly to what we said uh, yeah. about Donovan Kaufman, saying the same thing about Cam Riley. Uh, look, we're recording this on a well, – this will air on a Wednesday, but we're recording on Tuesday. So this is Hot Take Tuesday. Exactly. Oh. I have a bit of a hot take here. Okay. Quietly, and I've said this before, Demarcus Riddick may be the second best recruit in this class coming in. Behind Cam? Yes, Cam Colton. Behind Cam Colton? <laughs> yeah, you're okay. saying he's the best, right? Uh, Demarcus Riddick, to me – because all the all the hype was on the offensive guys, your Walker Whites, right, your Perry Thompsons, your Camp Coleman's. I think he's being slept on a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I think he's being slept on a little bit. So I like what you said about him coming in and possibly being an impactful piece. Yeah, this year, coming, uh, extremely talented. Uh, you know, we'll see how they use him. Uh, you know, he's pretty versatile. Uh, he showed a lot of promise in pass coverage, uh, you know, in high school. You know, I think he could be a good pass coverage piece as a, you know, you know, from where well, he's they played at. him he a lot of safety. Yeah. Uh, his senior year. Mm -hmm. He, uh, you know, he may be off the edge as a pass rusher. You know, you could see, I, I think he's extremely versatile. I think he's one of the most versatile players in this class that Hugh Freeze has brought in. So, uh, DeMar, I love this kid a lot. He, he was, one of the morally kind of commitments there that stuck with Auburn. And, 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 and I, you know, like I said, defensively, there are going to be some surprises this upcoming season. Not a lot of people are talking. He, he's not getting the hype. Like I, when he recruited, of course, there was a lot of hype around his, his commitment, but it seemed to trail off and more of the attention was going to these offensive guys. Demarcus Riddick, I think he can be an impact player in 2024. I th again, I'm, I'm stressing versatility, extremely versatile. I'll be interested to see, Again, when a new defensive coordinator comes in, what does he see in Demarcus Riddick, and how do they plan to use him? Well, let's don't forget how big of a deal and how much of a celebration it was when Demarcus Riddick flipped from Georgia <laughs> was. to Auburn, and they stole you know, there there was a little bit of a discussion, you know, going into early signing days, like who started it all? Was it Walker White? Mm -hmm. Was it Demarcus Riddick flipping from Georgia to Auburn? Was it a little bit later when Perry Thompson flipped uh, from Alabama? to Auburn on a big cat weekend. And the fact that you can have a case for several different guys in this class shows how exciting this past recruiting cycle has been, but you're exactly right. I mean, it's always the new shiny thing in the room, but when you look at the guys that are coming in, like Joseph Phillips was a huge recruiting battle. Demarcus yeah. Riddick was a huge recruiting battle. DJ Barber. I mean, they kind of got on him early and he kind of locked things down pretty early, but, all three of those guys in this linebacker room were given some major love by Hugh Freeze at his press conference when this was all said and done on early signing day. He talked about yeah. how much he loved the linebacker room. And I, I'm paraphrasing here. You may have it. But he called this linebacker room one of the best linebacker classes in all of college football. And when you yeah. stack all these names next to each other and you also kind of couple that with the splash that they've made already, 
in the bowl practices and the respect that has been garnered by the rest of this team that's already here. I mean, I would talk, I'd be talking to folks that were at practice about somebody else. And they'd be like, I know we're talking about whatever, but I got to talk to you about Demarcus Riddick. Yeah. I've got to talk to you about DJ Barr. And so, like, to me, that's pretty loud. I mean, that's a pretty loud thing that's happening. Um, is that why Cam Riley transferred? I don't know, but it would make sense. Yeah, like, like uh, it's it's just going to be. He Hugh Freeze called it one of the best linebacker rooms. You know, it, they did. It. Yeah, they they under this staff understood where the deficiencies were. Linebacker was some place that they had to catch up um, uh, on defense. Now we we knew that the defensive backfield was going to be a strength of the room. I think the defensive line exceeded expectations last year uh you know a lot of people thought they might be a, a little weak um i thought they did a better job generating pressure on the quarterback uh than they did the year before it was virtually no pressure and quarterbacks were just sitting back there doing what they wanted you know uh some of the deficiencies they had there in terms of pass rush felt more about scheme and approach than it was about talent but your your linebackers coming in and being able to protect that second level is so important. Now you you brought it, we're talking about Riddick, but you know DJ Barber. Think back to that um, state championship game, uh, uh, Sarahland versus Ch uh, uh, Clay Chalkfield. Mm -hmm. He he made essentially what was a game winning tackle, <laughs> right? Right, and having a guy who could come in and stop the run and protect. The middle of the field. I do. It's so important. They, they've got some really good pieces here. Now, can these guys catch up physically in terms of strength and conditioning and play at an SEC level in year one? You know, we know it's pretty hard at this level. Um, but hit the weight room. You know, uh, Riddick is an early enrollee, right? So he'll have a chance to go through spring. And I think Barber is too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he may be an early. And enrollee. I think Joseph Phillips is too. Yeah, having these guys in the weight room through a whole spring and a summer is going to be a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be a big deal. So yeah. you'll see you'll see these guys go through some growing pains. I think uh, just as young, uh, you know, new players to the college level. But Zach, uh, the, the the ceiling for these guys is so much higher yeah. than what Auburn has has had. And uh, this could be again with, with some with good coaching. You know, if they they make a great hire, a defensive coordinator that understands the talent that they have and how to utilize them to the best of their ability, you're going to see a, an Auburn defense that could be pretty formidable for the next two to three years. And it's interesting how they've turned this linebacker room into a strength because it was pretty good. I mean, they came in and they went out and got Larry Nixon mm -hmm. and Austin Keys. Yep. And then they were, I think they were pleasantly surprised by the insurgence of Eugene Asante. Yep. And now with Larry Nix running out of eligibility, they keep Eugene Asante on campus. They keep Austin Keys on campus. Wow. You bring in Dorian Mausi. And it's like, okay, I think those are your top three dudes. And those guys are going to run out of eligibility sooner rather than later. Let those guys be the, the primary trio at linebacker. Sprinkle in some Demarcus Riddick and some uh, and DJ Barber and Joe Phillips. And then next year, there's a chance that your main three are the three freshmen that we're yeah. talking about in 2025. So that bridge, as far as that theme of out with the old and with the new, that bridge at linebacker is as natural and as well-planned as you could possibly get it. Yeah, look, but you're starting a pipeline is what you're talking about of players where you can lean on the experience that you have now. Um, they're more than capable. Yes. And you do not have 
uh, to rush in your freshmen, right? You can allow them to develop, get right. them some experience and create depth. And then you continue that. That's what the better programs are doing. And that's what Hugh Freeze is trying to build here at Auburn. He's, he's trying to establish a pipeline of talent where you can bring freshmen in. You know, he's a little bit more old school in the kind of thinking that, you know, he would rather not throw a freshman out there unless they're clearly better than what you have. But he he leans, he seems to lean experience over, you know, all else if he can help it. And, and, and then you get these guys the experience. And then when they do have to take over full time, you've got an extreme like a, a, a well-educated uh, you know, an uh, extremely well-versed player to step into a position and become, you know, and you have as many leaders on there as you can who just know what to do and can coach the young guys on what to do as well, too. I The, the linebacker position could be crazy for Auburn in the next couple of years, and, and this is just the start of it. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But again, the scheme is going to have a lot to do with how they're utilized. And, you know, Auburn had a lot of turnover on staff. I know we'll talk about off-season chatter, but, yeah. um, you know, like I said, I'll be interested to see what the plan is for these guys. Yeah. Okay. So how would Mike, what are Mike G's biggest takeaways from this off season so far? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's true. We counted. We looked at all of them. FanDuel is number one. And the playoffs for the NFL are heating up. The NBA is playing basketball. Right now, baseball will be here before you know it. And uh, obviously, college basketball, a big part of what FanDuel is able to offer. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is easy to use, of course, whether it's um, player props, over-unders, um, just money line bets, whatever it is, bet $5. And if you're a new customer, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. I know you come to sports to escape some of the crazy uh, realities of real life, but let's just be real just for a moment. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season. And over a decade, obviously that can be scary. You all think about, you know, the worst case scenario, but you don't have to worry about that with the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, uh, including, you know, respiratory infections, skin infections, long list of things, stuff that could happen to anybody. So visit jacemedical.com. Complete your physician encounter, and it will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than, uh, to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no spaces, all one word, Locked on to get $20 off your order, jacemedical.com. It's a War Report Wednesday. Mike G of the War Report hanging out. With us, mm. we're seeing some coaching structure change a little mm. bit, and some of this is still up in the air as we record Tuesday evening. And if uh, if coaching news does come out in the middle of the night, we'll go live at some point on Wednesday. That would not shock me. We'll see yeah. what happens. But your overall take in regards to kind of the moving pieces 
on Auburn's coaching staff. Zach, this is a little bit more chaotic, I think, than Hugh Freeze was planning on in year one. Um, now, now, turning over both coordinator positions uh, definitely is not something that you expect. Uh, but there were some things that that maybe didn't go, not maybe that absolutely didn't go the way. I, I'm, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, but, Mike. I'm sorry. You didn't you didn't expect both coordinators to be gone after year one. <laughs> no, no, I did not expect both coordinators okay. to be gone after year. All one. right. Yeah, I thought maybe um, they would have some continuity there, uh, but. You know, you're you're paid to manage this stuff. So we'll see what direction he decides to go. Um, Hugh Freeze went into the season essentially trying to do something he had never done before. And that was not call plays. Now yeah. he's going back to calling plays. So that experiment failed <laughs> on some level. Uh, you know, you had what was widely believed to be, you know, an overachieving defense in in 2023. And you're turning over that coordinator as well, too. So, um, you know, you had a six and seven season, you finished below 500 and um, but you've got a great recruiting class coming in uh, and you've got to find the guys who are going to be uh, the mentors and the architects of, of what your team is going to be moving forward. Now, we know Hugh Freeze primarily. It, it sounds like he's going to take over the offense, at least from a play calling uh, standpoint. Um, sure. But defensively, you know, you need have somebody come in and build on what Ron Roberts started in 2023 and continue to move that the right direction. I, I, again, I, you had six games this year where that defense allowed uh, two scores or fewer. Just gives you a chance. And, and you, you lost some of those games that you, that, you know, and so I just yeah. think, I think that again, this is not what you plan for, but it is what you have to manage. Um, and uh yeah, then then you've got and beyond the coordinator position, you've got a legend in Cadillac Williams who you know resigns very unceremoniously, right? Zach Etheridge is out. Uh, you know these these to me, you know uh, McGriff leaves and comes back. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, this this was a little bit. You know, Hugh Freeze talked about culture. I think that fixing that culture starts with the staff. It starts with the leaders, and he's going to be working hard this season to right the ship from that perspective so why do you think why do you say hugh freeze didn't expect this what like the staff turnover yeah yeah i, I think when things are going well i mean year one I, I don't know that anybody expects you know to turn over both coordinator positions after but one at year. some point in the season like you didn't get the vibe that like there's a chance that philip montgomery doesn't come back well yeah sure but after when the Wesley season starts, steps yeah. down from his position because of personality issues on staff you didn't think there's a chance there'd be shake up there uh, yeah yeah but i'm what i'm saying is that i mean from my perspective i'm talking about going into the season you, you're not expecting as, as things develop sure we I got it some changes but, i mean right yeah, yeah but, but all those all that happened though so i mean he went into the offseason with a plan you would think. And so, I mean, do you think the the chaos, at least from the outside looking in, do you think the chaos that kind of happened, um, you, 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 do you think Hugh Freeze kind of planned this or do you think it just kind of happened? I think it happened. You know, I think it happened, but you, but it's not, it's not what you, it's not, I, this wasn't ideal, as I guess is what I'm getting at. This was not his ideal situation going into the season. Like, you know, and, yeah, and but, some, but we're not talking about going a, into the season. We're talking about going into the offseason. Sure, sure. You, he's responsible for how some of this turned out. So he's, 
you know, he's he's got to readjust. He's got to reset and readjust and, and try to find a direction for this program as it concerns his coaching staff uh, that continues to move them forward. But um, this was this was more drama, I think, than you want in your coaching in your co- in your coaching staff. You know, in, in year one of the program, uh, you know, I think a lot of it is is just kind of I wouldn't say overlooked, but you know, I, I think that recruiting. The, the successes in recruiting have covered a lot of this, right? Like, and so you can point at that and say, Hey, look, like we've got an exciting group of players that are coming in. You still have to be able to utilize that talent at a high level. And that starts with coaching. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see who he decides to go out and hire uh, and, and, and figure this out again. He he's, he's, he's pivoted from what he said going in. He, he said, it, he said, this would be a first for me, not calling plays. It was a failed experiment, right? Um, you know, Philip Montgomery is out. Ron Roberts is out and, um, you know, it's, we'll see what it looks like moving forward. I, like I said, I, I, I think that there were a lot of things that they could learn from that. Ideally you, you just don't plan on having to do all this in year one, like, you know, but you know, having a successful program is about how you adjust and pivot moving forward. And, you know, we'll see what he does going into the spring and what that produces going into the fall. Mike G, how can people check out everything you've got going on, bud? Uh, check us out at the War of War on yeah. YouTube. On YouTube, uh, we got a lot of great content coming. If you've been seeing the one-on-ones we've been doing, uh, you know, we got some great content coming for you guys. The firesides will continue. Uh, the one-on-ones with the coaches will continue. Uh, subscribe, become a patron, follow us on social media. Yep, absolutely. Worth your time for sure. Read all my written work at auburndaily.com. Please subscribe, like the video, all that good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.